Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. For those of you who've been with us, um, we've been doing a verse-by-verse look through the book of Mark. And what I thought would be maybe a, a month or, or maybe an eight-part series, well, today we're doing, I believe, part 18. And we're only just coming to the end of chapter 4. And it's been really good. It, it just, just walking through the gospel according to Mark, the good news uh, of the, the life and, and story of, of Jesus and his, and his ministry on earth. And today, we're going we're gonna to finish the chapter, the, the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to Mark. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open to that. Uh, with probably one of the most well-known passages for Christians. It's about, as we're going to read today, the disciples are in a boat with Jesus when a storm comes. And you, I'm sure you know it, but what I don't want you to say is, oh, yeah, this is a storm, and he says, peace be still, and, you know, I get it. You know, I, I know that one. I don't want you to do that. I want you to, I want you to realize how important it is that we go through God's Word like this together because the, the Bible, God's Word is active and alive, right? And it's powerful, and it's, it's at work inside of you, right? So as we read through the Gospel of Mark together, God's Word is getting on the inside of you. And you know what it's doing? It's building you up, right? It's, your faith is growing. Your faith is on the rise. And even as I, as I prayed before, fear is on the run. And so I want you to come with expectation every Sunday, whether you know the, the passage or, or not, because there's, there's something in this specific passage I think everyone can relate to, and that's fear. Right? We've all been afraid. I think, I don't know anybody who can't relate to the disciples today as they're, as we'll read, they were afraid. They were in this boat, storms in front of them, they were afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm not immune to, to fear myself. I'm scared of some things. Uh, Retha, why don't you show them one thing I'm afraid of? Now, it's not like a fear where, like if, if, I'm in the, if I'm at the zoo and they're in the aquarium, or even if they've, I've held some snakes, I've touched them before, and that's okay, but something about them being where you didn't expect them to be. It terrifies me. I'm so scared of snakes. Last year, I believe, I was out on the North Country Trail with a, a guy, fortunately, uh, a friend of mine who was a DNR officer. So very confident in the woods type of a guy, right? Knows everything. He's saying all the, the genus of each of the, you know, plant life. And, you know, he, he knows all this stuff. I'm, I'm in front, and we're talking. I'm walking along, almost step on this blue racer that I will try not to exaggerate. It had a head like a pit bull. I mean, it was gigantic, and it raised up, you know? It, you know, like I see it, and I think I levitated, like in the, <laughs> like in the Matrix, and I was back about three or four feet. This thing wraps itself around the tree next to me so it can get up at eye level to me. And, I mean, he was good size. I mean, I don't know how big it was because I was running, but, 
But, I mean, its head was like, you know, right there, like it wrapped around this. And uh, just something creeps me out about the way they move and just everything about them. I don't like them. Um, yesterday, I, had to, I was showing a, a house that was on a, on a lake. And I was talking with the neighbor. He needed help. Um, he, couldn't, he couldn't get a, a bolt to turn. He's like, you, you know, young fella, can you... I'm like, yeah, I guess. So I, I help him. Um, remember, we never say that's not my job, right? Whenever, whenever someone needs, we, we're there to help. But anyway, he had put all these fake snakes along the water. Do you know why? Has anybody seen this? It's supposed to keep the, the, the geese away. They don't like snakes. And you know how the geese, if, you've, if you know anyone who has a lakefront place, the geese, while beautiful, are annoying because they're, they come up and they make a mess, right, with all their excrement. And so your, your beautiful water frontage is now littered, you, you know, with... Anyway, so he put these rubber snakes down. And I, I saw that it was rubber. In fact, actually what happened was one was turned over and its white belly was showing. And I saw it as we were talking. I thought it was the skin, like a shed skin. And he reaches down and grabs it and flips it over to show that, no, it's, a, it's actually a rubber snake. And then I see that they're all around me, and I was creeped out. I was a little bit afraid, even though I knew they were fake. But, uh, Retha, show them the next one. What's another thing I'm scared of? Oh, yes. This one scares me all the time. Distracted drivers. You see it all the time. Now, and I've, I've been guilty of it myself. I mean, too many times I'm trying to work and drive. It's, it's, it's scary. Um, and I see it, especially here in town, with a lot of these young people. They're, they're not looking. They're, they're on their phones. But, uh, you know, that's something I can't even control. You know what I mean? I, I can't control what other drivers are going to do. And that, that scares me. It just makes me anxious, you know, that at any moment, you know, something bad could happen to me or to someone I care about. Show them the next one. Yes, yellow jackets. I think there's some people in here scared of yellow jackets as well. Uh, in fact, I believe we were someplace, and it was a big bumblebee, right, one of those big furry ones. Is that, was, was that right? Remember, we were at a house, and uh, a, a bumblebee the size of my thumb, remember? <laughs> anyway, uh, um, I, was, uh, I was with a family this week, and they had their little girl with them, a, probably noble's age. And there were, was a, a hive or a nest or something of yellow jackets, right? The ones that live in the ground. Now, these are not... These are not uh, honeybee. They don't make honey. They're just mean. And they sting, and their stinger doesn't break off. They can sting you multiple times. I did some research. <laughs> and this little girl s- s- sees this uh, yellow jacket, and she par- couldn't move. She freezes, right? She's paralyzed with fear. Her mom had to come running and jerk her out of there and flick off the, the, the yellow jacket. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's what happens to us so, so many times. We, we get in a situation we know we should move or we know we should whatever, but, we, but that fear freezes us, 
right? We're paralyzed. We can't move. And Jesus comes running in to yank us out of that situation. That's my prayer for you today, that he would grab you out of that spot. And, you know, I've heard, um, you know, people say, uh, you got to face your fears. Well, that's kind of stupid. I was already facing it. That's why I'm afraid. Because I, I, I see the yellow jacket. I see the snake. I'm already facing it. <laughs> so it's not just about facing your fears, but how do we do that properly, right? And as we read through uh, Mark chapter 4 today, the last half of it, we're going to look at, at what's the right way to face a, a storm because the reality is this. Everybody faces storms. Everybody has faced a difficulty. Um, everyone gets blindsided once in a while by, by something they didn't see coming. And in today's passage that we're going to read together, we're going to find out some significant keys that will help us, whether that moment for you is right now or it's coming in the next few days. So how do you face that appropriately? That's the question. Let's read this together in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. So let's back up and look. What did Jesus say they were going to do? Go to the other side, right? That's what he said at the beginning of this journey. Let's go to the other side of the lake, right? It's I think that's important because when you're, whenever you're in a, a, a new season or a journey, you can come to a point where it doesn't look like what he said at the beginning. It's important to hold on. What did Jesus say? What did God tell you at the beginning of the journey, at the beginning of the season? Hold on to that because the circumstances change and you might feel like, hold on to what he said. He didn't say, let's go drown today. Let's go get freaked out in a big storm today. He said, let's go to the other side of the lake. And then it says, but soon, a fierce storm. This, they're talking not like a little thunder and lightning. This, this word they use for like uh, tornadoes or hurricanes. So how could that happen? How could a storm like that just come out of nowhere? It's blue skies one minute. and Well, in fact, it still happens today. The Sea of Galilee is it's really more of a, a lake than a sea, uh, but it's pretty good size, about 13 miles long about five miles to seven miles wide. So it's a big lake, but it's, I don't know if I'd call it a sea, but it sits so low compared to sea, sea level. And then there's mountains around it that are high. And so you've got this cold air and this warm air, and it's just a, a recipe for these storms that will move in very quickly. When was the last time a storm showed up very quickly in your life? Are you in one now? Not a physical storm, but a, a tragedy or a, a challenge you didn't see coming. Um, an obstacle. Because they do show up. Anybody that would say, 
that the life is gonna be storm free. They're not living in reality. And I know some folks, I've met people over the years who would want to say, well, I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't see waves coming as one crashes over the boat. All I see is blue skies. No, no you've, you've lost it. Stay with me. It is important to speak with faith, right? To speak things that are not as though they are. But we also need to be, in reality, aware, yes, there's a storm. Now, what do we do? That's what, what I want to, I think we can pick up a couple things from the disciples today. Okay, verse 38 says, Jesus was, so how, how does God respond to this storm? This is, I think, just beautiful how he responds to this. So all this is going on, right? These are professional seamen, right? Boat, fishermen, uh, maritime guys. They know how to handle a boat in this lake. That's what they do. Well, they are in a panic. So obviously this is really, really bad. They are freaking out. What's Jesus doing? Okay, how does God respond to the storm? We read in verse 38, Jesus was sleeping. It's the only time we ever read that Jesus was sleeping is in the middle of this storm that they think is about to kill them, right? All right, it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting. It's not a good way to wake anybody up. Uh, they said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's a little sarcastic. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And in Matthew it says, do you have so little faith? So they had a little. They asked each other, who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him, right? So it's important to take note of who's in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. This is God, right? The second member of the, of the, of the Godhead. He was there at the creation of this lake. You know what I mean? He's in the boat. And what's he doing? He's, he's, he's sleeping. I love the, the tension in, that's building in this, in this book. Normally, it's between Jesus and the religious leaders. Today, it's with his own disciples, right? I mean, these are the guys that spend all day with him. They eat meals with him. They talk with him. They, you know, they have that relationship. And they wake him up shouting, you know, sarcastically. Like, oh, don't you even care that we're going to drown? Now, it's important to notice, it's very easy to go from don't you even care to don't you even love me. Once you've said don't you even care, it's not hard to get to don't you even love me. I think that's at the heart of the matter. And that's what, that's what we all come to when we're in trouble, when we think that God's not paying attention, when we think that our Father is, doesn't care. It's very easy to say, does he even love me, right? I think Jesus called out the real issue, you know, when he said that. When he said, why are you afraid? Because we know that throughout Scripture, 
maybe the main theme besides his love for us is fear not. You know what I mean? He did not create us to live in fear, right? That's not his plan for our lives. Fear is not, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, right? But of peace and love and of a sound mind. That's his intent for us. That's his created purpose for our lives is, is peace, not fear. But we all face storms and we all get afraid. It's how we react, how we respond. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell him what you need and, and then what? His peace come and, and settle onto your life. But I love how the disciples are, are so real in here. I mean, they, you know what I mean? They're really being, being real. That's all right. You know, they didn't... <laughs> like the old movie, that better be Jesus, Colin. <laughs> you know, I think there's a couple things we can take away, though. Some, some things that we can learn from so obviously, I think that the disciples did the right thing. The first thing you do when you're in a storm, when you're in trouble, you run to Jesus, right? They got that part right. But I would add to it with faith, right? So the first thing we can, we can take from this is we need to come to Jesus. We need to run to Jesus in faith. The problem was they forgot that Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake, Right? And I, I think it, it, the real question is, where is your faith? You know, is your faith in doctors? We love doctors. Uh, I'm so grateful that we have skilled and, and knowledgeable doctors. I'm so grateful to have a pediatrician living just down the street from me who is at our house a lot. And so anytime, I mean, you know, something comes up, we say, hey, take a look at this kid, you know. Uh, we love doctors, but if your faith is in doctors, you're going to be let down. You know, if your faith is in a counselor, like, oh, you know, we were having trouble, so we went to this counselor, we're still having trouble. I mean, unless your counselor is the Holy Spirit, there's going to come a point where you're let down. If your faith is in your paycheck, instead of the, the one who owns everything, it's going to come to a, a point where you're going to think, do you even care about me? Do you even love me? It reminded me of this story of a, a farmer who hears his dogs going crazy, barking out in the field. So he, he walks over to see what's going on, and they had found a fawn, a baby fawn, is running from, from the dogs, and the dogs are chasing it. And almost out of instinct, the fawn runs to the farmer and puts its little head in between his legs, as almost she knew that he could protect her. And so he scooped the fawn up and made the dogs go away and the dogs left. And, and it, I think that is such a great picture of our father, you know, who, who carries his little ones or his lambs, like it says in Isaiah 40, that he holds us close to his heart. So they ran to Jesus. Let's do the same, but let's do it with faith. So... We say, Lord, there is a storm. They say, we can't have kids. But you say, be fruitful and multiply. 
they say, Doc, it's stage four cancer. Doctors say, I have six months to live, but you said that you're the Lord, my healer. You said that you have plans to prosper me. They said it's not possible, but you, Lord, said with you, nothing is impossible. Lord, I have more bills than I have money, but you say the righteous will lack no good thing. So we address the storm that's in our lives, but we remember what he said. When you come in faith, your storm becomes filled with possibility. It loses its punch because you know it's not over yet. I love how the author of Romans says that Abraham was fully persuaded. I think that's so, so beautiful, that he, he was fully persuaded that God could do everything that he said he was going to do. I, I think we're all working towards fully persuaded. Now, we know Abraham wasn't always fully persuaded or he wouldn't have slept with Hagar, right? But in his journey, he got to, he arrived at, fully persuaded that God can do everything that he said he was going to do. And that's what I want, that's what I want for us that we would be like Abraham in process towards fully persuaded. And don't let the fact that maybe right now you just have a little faith. Don't let that deter you from, you know, or make you think that that's not enough. I'm reminded of the prophet who goes to the widow's house. She has two sons and she says, I've, there's a storm my boys will probably end up in slavery. And he says, what do you have? She's like, I got nothing. I just got this little bit of oil, right? Just a little bit. And what's he say? He says, go get all the, all the vessels you can because that little bit that you've got is going to become your miracle that you need. Catherine Coleman, you know, people called her a great woman of the faith, right? And she was, no doubt. But she would say, she said, I'm not a great woman of faith. I'm a little woman who has a faith in a great God. That little bit might just be enough for your miracle. The second thing I think you've got to take away from this is you've got to know he will rescue you. He will rescue you. It says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. It wasn't a normal calm. It was a great calm. In the Greek, it says it was a mega calm. Okay, there was a, they had a mega fear, and then there was a mega calm. Silence, be still. This is the same command. This is the same thing that Jesus says to demons. And I want you to know this. God will rescue you from the deepest grief that you will face. He will carry you through everything that you have to walk through. This is the gospel story. This is the good news. If we can get this, that, that God loves you so much that he rescued you from the biggest storm that any of us would ever face. And that's the storm of sin, right? 
There's not a bigger storm that we will face, and God saw us in the middle of that storm and saw that we were not able to save ourselves, and he saw what the stain of sin had done to our lives. He had made us to be these treasures, these beautiful treasures in his image and his likeness, and yet the stain of sin had, had tainted, had distorted, it had derailed us uh, from what we were, that when we were made in glory. It, it had messed with that. So in the middle of something that we couldn't get out of, we couldn't work our way out of, we couldn't run fast enough to get away from, in, in the middle of something that we could not fix, he ran to our rescue. When he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, it's why he was buried. It's why he rose from the dead three days later, paying the penalty for the biggest storm that anybody would ever face. And if he would go to that extreme, if he'd go to such extravagant measures for me in that, then certainly he's going to take care of me in everything I face. Amen. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, I just thank you that we can run to you in the midst of the storm with faith, standing on what you've said, and that we can have certainty that, that you will rescue us. I thank you, Father, that we get to be part of the greatest rescue of all time. Help us to, to speak to the storms in our lives, to the storms that we see in the lives around us. Help us to be that, that voice of faith, saying, peace, be still. Thank you, Father. I pray that, that that spirit of peace would be on us as we go out of this place, as we go into our workplaces, our, our schools, our, our families, our homes, and we would know who you are. We'd know that you are the Son of God, that you are the Creator, that you were there at the beginning that you're the author of life, that you've conquered sickness, death, and hell, that you are our healer, that you are king of kings and lord of lords, that you are the one who makes a way when there is no way, that you're the God who chases after us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks, and have a blessed week.